Good morning, everyone. My name is JD. I'm one of the pastors here on team at Pine Lake Covenant Church. Happy Easter and welcome to our Sunday morning online service. I know it's a bit strange to say Happy Easter because of all that's going on. Normally, we would be putting on our Sunday best and making our way to church and preparing for lunch with family afterwards. But this morning, we're gathering in our homes instead of in this sanctuary. But God is still present, and we are still the family of God, the body of Christ. And on Easter Sunday, we come to celebrate his resurrection, the meaning of new life. It's the moment in which we experience deep and profound hope for all of us. And this is a period of our lives where we need that. One day when we gather together again, we will celebrate. But this morning, we too will celebrate in this way. And I'm so glad that you're here, that I'm here, that your family's here, that everyone is here. And wherever you're joining us from, let's have an awesome time in the Lord together. Happy Easter, everyone. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Good morning. I'm Sharon, one of the pastors here, and I invite you to pray with me this morning. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, on this Easter morning, we really do worship you in confidence, for you are the way maker. You are the worker of miracles, the promise keeper. Lord, you are the one who is light that forever shines in the darkness. Because Jesus is risen, we stand in hope today, Lord. Because you defeated death, we can face even this anguishing pandemic, knowing, Lord, that a new day is coming. And so we pray, Lord God, that in these unsettling times, you would come alongside us with hope that scatters doubt, with peace that calms our fear. As the whole world faces this invisible enemy, remind us, Lord, that you have defeated anything that could stand against us. And you are forever with us, Lord, and we thank you. Today we stand in the wonder and the joy of looking at the empty tomb. And we hold fast to joy, for you are risen. You are risen indeed. We pray this in the powerful name of the resurrected one, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today's reading is from John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. We'll be reading from the New International Version. Please follow along. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then... 
the disciples went back to where they were staying. But Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Well, good morning, everyone, and happy Easter to you. Uh, I want to share uh, some encouraging things here before we get started. And, uh, we are, as a pastoral staff, we're making phone calls. We're trying to get to everybody. We haven't gotten to everybody yet, but I wanted to share three themes that we're picking up on. One is that people are just super grateful right now, We're just even for the littlest of things. So uh, that's a good thing. And then secondly, that people are getting more prayerful, and we're hearing that, that, that their prayer lives are coming alive. And then the third thing is that people are getting more connected through um, technology primarily, but uh, that's a wonderful thing too. So be encouraged by that. So let's go uh, into this now. The history history of, of the world is something that I'm particularly interested in. It gives us this sense of uh, we've been here before. It helps us to keep our balance in times like this. And there's also some wonderful stories from history. And I wanted to share one from 1928 that would bring encouragement to you this morning. Um, it, in Scotland, a young lab technician who was considered to be not real careful, but brilliant. And he comes back from two weeks vacation and he finds something in his laboratory that uh, he doesn't know what it is. And he pursues it a little further. And I wanted to read from you uh, his reflection on what he finds from years later. He says, one sometimes finds what one is not looking for. When I woke up just after dawn on September 28, 1928, I certainly didn't have a plan to revolutionize all medicine by discovering the world's first antibiotic. But I guess that was exactly what I did. And that is Sir Alexander Fleming, who discovered penicillin. And what a blessing that was to our world. And also today, you think, gosh, that would be a wonderful thing if somebody could discover um, an antibiotic for what we're dealing with right now. So it gives us some hope. 
But I, I wanted also to play off that story into the Easter story because Mary is the character we're going to be looking at this morning, Mary Magdalene. And she discovers something that she is in no way looking for. And um, we're going to we're going to focus in on her and we're going to take her story in two kind of two chunks uh, in verse one of John chapter 20. And then we're going to skip down to, to verse 10 and look at Mary. And then we're going to show a video. It's an interview uh, about five minutes that I did with Kathy Blackett this week, which uh, fits really well into this story. And then we're going to come back after that. And I'm just going to give an invitation uh, to anyone that would want to take a step towards Jesus today on on this Easter. So there you go. Well, let's go to uh, John, that, that first verse in John chapter 20, verse 1, that was read for us. And it says that early in the morning, early in the morning, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary went out to the tomb and uh, she discovers that it's it's empty. Uh, and I, I want to just kind of hover over that verse for a, a few minutes. And one of the things that scholars say is that they're they're puzzled by why it says on the first day of the week, because usually in scripture, as we have it, it says on the third day. And so what is John doing there? And it seems, and uh, some have suggested anyway, and it seems that what John is doing is is something that he has done earlier in his gospel, and that is he is echoing the creation story in Genesis chapter 1. So we remember that John starts his gospel in the first chapter with those three words, in the beginning. And those are the same three words that we find in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning. And so what John is doing is describing the first day of the new creation, which is Easter, that first Easter. And he's echoing the first day of the original creation. So I want to go into Genesis just for a minute, and then we're going to come back here, but I think it might really be helpful for us to see what he might be doing here. We remember Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's a summary statement over the whole chapter. But he, he really begins by saying before creation there was this pre-creation thing where the earth was formless and void. It was Think of it as just as dark and chaotic. And then he says something that I, I think is one of the most hopeful verses in all of Scripture, and it's right there at the beginning of Genesis. It says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the deep, meaning the darkness and the chaos and the emptiness and all of that stuff. The Spirit of God was hovering over it. And the word hovering means something like in ready to do something, ready to create, and that's what happens in, in Genesis. Now, the reason I find that so hopeful for us is that we find ourselves in, ourselves in places of darkness and in places of chaos and uh, emptiness. And to have this sense that the Spirit of God might be hovering over us, ready to do a creation, a new creation thing in us, is, is super hopeful. And as we think about Mary now in this story, um, we can see maybe the Spirit of God is hovering over her, ready to do a new creation. So then in Genesis, the next line, and this is really the first day of creation, 
And God said, let there be light. And uh, John in his gospel loves to bring that up. Uh, we, we see that in a number of places in John's gospel that Jesus is the light of the world. And so we think of um, science here and uh, mysteries abound, but science seems to be saying that uh, 14 billion years ago, there was a moment in uh, time and we might say that time started then, but where light and energy uh, exploded, and uh, that would be the first day of creation. And Bible and science seem to be lining up in that way. Uh, isn't that a isn't that a cool thing? And that's the, the the first part of creation. On that first Sunday, we might say, in the creation of the world, there was light, and now we're. Early on the first day of the week, we're on a Sunday, so creation and new creation. I wanted to set all that up for you. I hope you got it. But this gets us into what happens to Mary Magdalene on that first Sunday of the new creation. So Mary goes out to the tomb, and and she finds it empty, as we read there in in verse 1. And then she goes and tells, uh, she runs back and tells Peter and John, they're hunkered down there in fear, and they come out to take a look, and they sort of think that something's going on. It's not quite clear what they, uh, they're kind of scratching their heads, but maybe something. And But Mary comes back out then, and um, they go back to where they, wherever they were, and Mary's there at the tomb by herself. Now, this is Mary Magdalene meaning Mary from Magdala, which is a, a town on the uh, Sea of Galilee. And Mary was um, someone we don't know a whole lot about. She's gotten this bad reputation for being a prostitute, which has no uh, bearing in Scripture. I feel bad for her that way. Uh, but we do know, what we do know is that Jesus cast demons or darkness out of her and made her whole and new at a, a point in, in the gospel story. So she is somebody who just loves Jesus and wants to honor that, honor his life by coming out to the tomb and anointing his dead body. And not only is she in grief over the fact that he has died, but she's in grief now that she thinks somebody has stolen his body. So she's she's firmly believes in the grave robber theory here. And um, that's, Uh, You can see that as the story unfolds. And I just want to say there is no way that she had any clue that Jesus would have been resurrected in history with with a resurrection body. And nobody else would have had that clue either. Uh, Just it wasn't in their category of expectations. So she comes there. She comes to the tomb. She looks inside and she sees uh, two angels in there. She may not have known they were angels, but that's what John tells us. And the angels see her crying. She's weeping. She's grieving. She's in a place of darkness and chaos of heart. And the angels ask her, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And her response is, well, uh, his body is gone and I don't know where it is, basically. And uh, so she's she's weeping over the lost dead body of Jesus uh, that she can't find it. And um, it seems like at that point, maybe she senses something behind her. She senses a presence behind her. Uh, It's not clear, but she turns around from looking into the the tomb, which would be like a cave sort of a thing. 
she turns around and there's somebody there and she thinks it's a gardener somebody because there was a garden around the tomb and um, that person as well asks Mary and he says he doesn't call her Mary there but he says woman why are you crying and she goes into this uh, reason for crying and and she kind of almost passive aggressively accuses him of being the one who maybe has taken Jesus's body away and she says, sir, tell me where he is so I can find him. And I just want to pause at this point because this is that place where we as the reader in the story have the sense of the Spirit of God hovering over, over Mary in all of her grief that she's sensing right now. And, um, and, and we just think about what is going through her and then what is going to happen next in this moment of it's like a big bang in her life. It's it's like light and energy come into her. And the way it comes into her is really fascinating. It's Jesus, and we know that as we read the story, that is, is there in front of her. And he calls her name. He says, Mary. He doesn't say, Miss Magdalene. He says, Mary. And immediately... When she hears her name, she realizes, and she doesn't understand the the hows or whats or whys or anything else. She realizes in a very raw way that Jesus is alive and he is right in front of her, that his body is not dead, that he is alive. And it's an amazing moment. So she throws her arms around him and clings to him, Obviously not understanding or remembering the social distancing rules that are supposed to be there between humans and resurrected humans. And that is my attempt at Easter humor. But uh, anyway, Jesus, there's something about a resurrected body and a human body where you you don't just hug. And there's something about a resurrected body that is a little different. It's harder to recognize. We find that elsewhere as well. But she recognizes him. Now, I want to reflect on that for just a moment This event in Mary's life is really a summary of the whole scriptures. It's a summary of the whole Bible. And that is that God comes out looking for us. We might think we're on a search for God, or we might even think we're hiding from God, but he is on a search for us. And we will not find him until he reveals himself to us. But we must be open to being shown And you find uh, clues of this in the uh, Garden of Eden story where, ironically, God is here mistaken to be a gardener, and there he is kind of the gardener in that story. And he's in the garden, and we hear him saying to Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? So God reveals himself throughout Scripture as the God who is looking for us. He doesn't say to Mary... It's me. He says to her, it's you. It's you, Mary. You're the one I've been looking for. Now, in that moment, Mary has a new creation experience. And um, the question, I guess, for us would be, can we still have that today? Uh, Jesus Christ, the scriptures say, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So yeah, we can have that experience today. And I want to show you this clip now, this interview that I did with Kathy Blackett this week as she reflects on her 
her moment of recognition of Jesus Christ. Take a look. Well, good morning, everyone, and good morning, especially Kathy Blackett, who is with us this morning. And uh, 20 years ago, she had something really significant happen in her life. And Kathy, would you tell us about that? Yeah, good morning. I'd be happy to share my story with you. Uh, In the year 2000, our two young sons uh, attended a Montessori elementary school right along 228th. So I was driving 228th Avenue couple of times a day, obviously driving right by Pine Lake Covenant Church. Um, but what's important for you to know is that I was paying no attention to Pine Lake Covenant Church until one day there was a small sign that said, Monday, Thursday, services tonight. And um, so the other thing that's important to know about me is that at that time, I was what you'd call a prodigal. Um, I'd grown up in a Christian home. I'd gone to church regularly all the way through high school and um, had not been a church attender since high school. So I really had turned my back on church and on God. um, And that's where I was uh, in 2000. But I also felt a God-sized hole in my life. Um, and in my spirit, I, I, something was lacking, and I knew it, and I felt it. So uh, to try to keep the story short, I went to Pine Lake Covenant that night. I went to the Monday, Thursday service. And for those of you who are familiar with that service, it's quite somber. Um, it's dark. It's uh, the passion story of Christ is read. And um, up front, there's a wooden cross. So the people are given a small piece of paper. We were all given a note paper. And at some point in the service, people are invited to come forward and nail with real nails and real hammers their note to the wooden cross. So as I sat in the back, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know what the Covenant Church was. I was listening to nails pounding into a wooden cross and suddenly had an absolutely overwhelming sense of Jesus's presence. I mean, just so overwhelming that it still takes my breath away. It it took my breath away then. Uh, um, And I said inside myself to Jesus, oh, you're real you're really real. It it just was an overwhelming uh, reality to me. And um, so on Easter Sunday, I went to Pine Lake Covenant Church. I took our two sons and the pastor there on that Sunday um, led the prayer to accept Jesus. And I prayed that prayer. And here we are 20 years later. <laughs> I joined High Lake. I've been a regular attender, and um, yeah, so it changed everything. And um, what what if you hadn't come in that Thursday night? What do you think? Um, you know, I, I think honestly that God knows us better than we know ourselves, and He knows what we need more than we know what we need, and. Uh, 
he knew exactly what I needed that night. But that's not to say that we don't get choices all every day. Every day we have the choice to accept uh, Christ. Every day we have the choice to say yes to God. We just have to be paying attention. It's up to us to open that door. Amen. Well, Kathy, happy Easter to you. And thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thanks for letting me share it. Uh, He is risen. He's real. And happy Easter. He is risen indeed. Thank you. Well, welcome back. And and thank you, Kathy, for sharing your story with us. And um, I want to just give an invitation to everybody. If this idea of of new creation uh, is huge, and it's, uh, it's an invitation that goes to every human heart and Timing is everything, and I really believe that you can't force anything spiritual. So all you can do is invite, and I want to make sure to invite as clearly as I can, uh, but not push on on that. So the invitation is if if you have sensed God's presence, His the, the, the hovering of Spirit of God over you, over your darkness, or over your loneliness, or just over your life this morning or in these days, uh, would you consider committing your life to Jesus Christ today? It's Easter is the best day. I mean, every day is a good day to do it, but Easter has got to be the best day. It's the day of new creation. Uh, and every year to celebrate that on Easter as your, as your uh, new creation birthday. What a wonderful thing that would be. So I want to make that invitation and, uh, I'd like to invite you to pray with me right now, and I'll try to uh, form a prayer that, that all of us can, can enter into at some level. So let's pray together. Jesus Christ, alive from the dead, the one who knows us by our name, you also know our anxiety and our confusion and our doubts and our emptiness and darkness and chaos. And yet you know us by name. You love us and you invite us into a new creation, something that is eternal beyond the brokenness of this life. Now, if for anyone out there that is sensing God in a new way, if you want that new life, new creation life, sensing him hovering over you, Simply say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me a new creation. And for all of us, uh, if this Easter you want to renew your uh, life in Christ, pray a prayer renewal, something like, like this. Lord Jesus, renew in me the new creation you have begun. I want that. I want that renewed today. Lord, hear our prayers. Hear the prayers of people you love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's been great this morning to be with you on Easter. Isn't this like maybe the best Easter ever in many ways? And uh, we look around and it's just a beautiful day. And, you know, we go back to that first new creation Sunday. And 
we think about that and what was going on inside of Mary is she might have said these words, he is risen. And uh, go ahead and say those words right now. Let's say it together. He is risen. And then we can say together, he is risen indeed. Happy Easter, everybody.